G'day friends, welcome back. Round three, Pride Round, is in the books. We had to wait until Tuesday night, but it is in the books. It's another round uh, that has been impacted by COVID. Unfortunately, we had another game that couldn't go ahead. Um, Bulldogs and Gold Coast, I believe it was. So that's two weeks in a row. The Bulldogs have missed out. Um, it's, it's making me a little bit worried for the boys' season. Um, I don't know why people aren't worried about it for the women's season. I mean, there's not as much money involved. There's not as many eyeballs watching it, whatever. Um, it's still a, you know, a national-level competition, you know? So there should be a little bit more work being done to keep it going than there is, I feel. Um, but yeah, every week we get a little bit closer to, to March when the men's season begins and if, if stuff like this is happening with these games being postponed it's just another season of, of stress and worry and that bloody asterisk that we don't want so hopefully you know over the next few weeks the AFLW can sort of start to return to normal no more postponed games you know, not having to play them all over the place. We can sort of start getting things back to normal. I don't think that's going to happen. There won't be games being played in WA, I wouldn't think. Um, but if we can get close to that, that'd be really good. Anyway, um, another interesting round of football, a couple of interesting results. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> So because the, the round was done a little bit differently this week, I'm going to do things a little bit differently this week, and I'm going to start with tonight's game between Brisbane and Carlton uh, up at Metricon, I believe it was, and Brisbane. Wow, Brisbane have... Well, I mean, Brisbane didn't actually get to play last week, so this is only their second game of the year, but they're finally on the winner's list, and it was a big win. Um, 35 points over Carlton, and Carlton are not, you know, Carlton are another good team. They're not quite on that level of the top few, but they're a good team, and Brisbane walked all over them. I think something about Carlton's mindset, I don't know what, the, the, whether they didn't, they weren't happy about having to go up to the Gold Coast for a Tuesday night game, maybe, I don't know, but they were just not switched on at all, and Brisbane were... Very impressive. Brisbane are probably not, despite being the reigning premiers, they're probably not the best team in the comp at the moment. Um, for that, you're looking at probably Melbourne or Fremantle, I would think. But Brisbane are probably, not probably, they are my favourite team to watch. They move the ball quickly. They move the ball well. I like their their forward line setup. It, they're, they're 
really, really good to watch. When they're playing like this, they are very hard to beat also. But yeah, just the way they play is, it seems very natural. I like how they're creative. Lots of one percenters. Like when, when one of them gets in a bit of trouble, they don't panic and get tackled and turn the ball over. They, they find a creative solution. They always know where all their teammates are nearby so they can just, you know, tap it on to where they know another player's going to be. Or they can sort of hold the ball up and, you know, wait for the backup. They're, they're, they're a very good team, as in like a unit. They all know each other's game style very well. They understand the game plan. They understand each other. They're, they're very, very good team to watch. And when they're on, very, very hard team to beat. I thought they were excellent. They had a debutante tonight. Um, her, her surname is Farkason, I believe. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I think her first name is Zimily. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation of both her, her first and second name, so I apologise. Um, but the sort of player that she is, right? So she's they, they had her in the forward line. She's this, you know, very athletic, tallish, sort of, you know, high half forward, centre half forward, sort of. It's her first game, so it's hard to know exactly where her, you know, permanent position will be. But that's sort of what she was playing. Very, very impressive for a first gamer. She's 19 years of age. She kicked a goal, kicked her first goal. Amazing snap around the corner from deep in the pocket. This kind of player is the reason that the AFLW is going to explode in the next few years. She's 19 years of age, right? So she was 14, 13, 14, something like that when the AFLW started. So her entire teenage existence, there has been an AFLW leak. Something for her to work towards, something to allow resources to trickle down into lower levels. We are starting to see the impact and the benefit of having a national women's competition. All of the lower grades for the girls are producing more and more uber-talented players. And, and every year there's going to be more and more and more, and then the, the AFLW is going to be absolutely fantastic and we're seeing the last couple of years especially last year and this year you can actually start to see the improvement inside games the way teams are playing moving the ball the little nuances that, that the, the good teams are really starting to master it's all starting to happen in front of our eyes and more players like this are going to start showing up and then the competition will even out and it's going to become so high quality that you know, we will forget that it's still very young. It's really, really exciting. Um, but yes, I was very impressed by Brisbane. Um, very unfortunate that Taylor Smith seems to have done. She's done her knee, something in her knee, probably her ACL by the looks of it. Um, very, very sad for her. Her dad did pass away in the off season. Um, she's like, she's Brisbane's sort of second ruckman. Um, so yeah, very unfortunate. Hopefully it isn't a super serious knee injury, but it didn't look good. And if you've listened to me talk about AFL before, you know that I just absolutely despise how unlucky ACLs are in particular. Oh, 
We've got Obi having a nice little dream. Doing woof woofs. Don't know if you heard that, but he's in the room with me. Probably chasing kangaroos in his little little head there. Uh, so yes, very sad. And, and yeah, Carlton. Carlton. Like, you wouldn't think that up in Queensland, Brisbane would lose this game. But Carlton were just nowhere. I'd be very disappointed with their output if I was a Carlton fan. Obviously, Press Parkus, again, one of, if not the best player on the ground. Um, 27 disposals. She, she is always brilliant. She is probably in the top three players in the competition at the moment, so she's always fantastic. But apart from that, there's a bit of a gap between her and the rest of the Carlton players. Harrington was good again as well, but... Yeah, they just needed a couple of other players to pick up the slack a little bit, I would say. Um, just on one Carlton player, Darcy Vessio, I want to make a comment. Um, Darcy came out during the off-season as being non-binary. And I just want to commend, obviously, Darcy, because that's a really, you know, brave thing to do. Um, and I think it will encourage other people, you know, who don't feel they fit into certain categories to, you know, share that with people as well. I'm sure there, there are other athletes out there who feel the same way, and this may uh, give them the confidence to, to state that publicly, which I think is fantastic. Um, and I also want to commend all the commentary teams over the first few weeks who have been absolutely nailing the they, their, you know, um, Darcy's pronouns. Um, Darcy goes by they and yeah I just think it's been really brilliant that all of the commentators that I've heard there may have been a slip up somewhere but they've all made a really really good effort to not um, use she not that I've heard so I think that's a really you know everyone's been very very respectful and I think that's fantastic and I just thought you know that deserves to be to be mentioned because I was watching the game tonight and I was just impressed how seamlessly um, the commentary team wove it into the into the coverage. And another thing about tonight's coverage, I, I haven't. Um, I'm sure I've seen games where Chloe Malloy has been on special comments before, but I think she's fucking excellent. I, I, I she's very honest. She doesn't, you know, she does, she doesn't sugarcoat anything you know she says what she thinks and she fucking knows her stuff i was very very impressed for someone who's relatively young not relatively young she is young her, her football knowledge was fantastic she even knew like the the abilities of different players there was there was a player i can't remember who it was or which team but they were having a set shot for goal and she goes oh i think this is probably going to fall short they're going to want to have players set up around the goal line and it, and exactly what she said was exactly what happened and she did that a few times i was very 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 impressed with her knowledge of the game and the way that she spoke and her ability to dissect the game and predict what was going to happen i was i was thoroughly impressed by her coverage well done chloe malloy she's also a very good player as well which is worth mentioning all right, let's go back to Friday night, uh, which was Geelong versus Zing Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood getting over the line by 11 points, but I have to say, extremely impressed with Geelong. They've been they haven't won a game yet this year, but they have made 
noticeable oh, noticeable improvements on last year. Um, they're defensively, they've improved a lot. They're keeping teams to much lower scores. Um, they're moving the ball better. They're, they're really taking the game on. It, it doesn't work for them a lot of the time, but the way that they're attacking the game, I'm thoroughly enjoying. I think they've been really impressive. Like, let's just look at their, their other two games quickly. If one wants to work for me. Yeah, they they only lost to Carlton by 14 points last week. Were, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Were very competitive in that game as well. And then in round one, round one, yeah, they only went down to North Melbourne by eight points. So they're doing really well. They've played three good teams and they haven't been dominated or beaten convincingly at all in any of those games. I thought, I, I think they're doing really, really well, and I think they deserve some credit, and they're probably going to bob up and win a game or two at some point this season, which I think is fantastic for them. Because I don't think, did they win zero games last year? Or do they win the one game? I don't know. They won one or or none. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're doing great. And Collingwood, very professional outfit. Collingwood, they're not going to get flustered by a younger side, putting a bit of pressure on them. They did really well. They got the win. They did what they had to. Um, and, you know, it's it's a sign of a good team when, especially when a, a young, plucky team who has everything... Sorry, he doesn't... know that's the wrong way of saying it. Who has nothing to lose is coming at you. It can be a little worrisome, a little intimidating. Like, crikey, what do we do here? Like, we, have, we haven't... We're not prepared for this. And Collingwood handed it, handled it very well they're, they're a very mature outfit they, they are not quite on that level of i would say Fremantle and melbourne um or adelaide they're, they're very good um and when they're on they can tangle with the best so yeah very very mature performance from collingwood um and then let's talk about saturday let's talk about the west coast and adelaide game this game uh, is a bit interesting for a lot of reasons. So Adelaide won by 33 points. West Coast only kicked the one goal for the entire game. One goal, three, and nine to six, six, 42. This is an absolute demolition. Um, granted, no one would have expected West Coast to win this game. But given the week that they had, uh, with the controversy about not having a pride jumper and all of that, and then... You know, the stuff in the boys' team, Jack Darling, and it was not a good week for the West Coast Eagles football club across the board um, for them to put up such a poor performance is really disappointing. And, you know, whatever the week they had aside, I'd be, I'd be filthy if I was a West Coast supporter. You can't be doing that. And, you know... Excuse me, West Coast are not a little baby young team anymore. You know, this is their fourth year, I think. Fourth season in the competition or third, I forget. Um, they shouldn't be, you know, putting up one goal games anymore. Even even the newer teams that are getting well and truly beaten, they're still kicking two or three or four goals when they lose. There shouldn't be teams kicking one goal in a game anymore shouldn't be happening so 
really, really poor from West Coast. Um, really, really well done by Adelaide. Um, this is the sort of wins you need to be having when you're one of the top teams. They just controlled the game, got the job done. Very, very consistent throughout. And you can look at their scoreworm. It goes up like a staircase. Very, very even. They just they got into a rhythm and they just maintained it for the entire game and they preyed on that West Coast team. They did really, really well. Adelaide, um, okay. St Kilda versus Melbourne. I was... I was very happy with the Saints for three quarters. And even if, like, I would have been happy with this for four quarters, despite a loss, if, you know, we had maintained our level of effort for that last quarter. And it just totally vanished. Melbourne got a couple of goals on the board early in the last quarter, and the Saints girls just went home. And I think the time is over to continue to praise performances like this. I'm all for encouraging them and telling them what they did well. Positive feedback, super important. But everyone's like, oh, good job, girls. You know, you were fantastic. Good effort. Get them next time. I think we're beyond the point where this is helpful. Like If this was a men's game, right? If you had St Kilda versus Melbourne, St Kilda go with Melbourne for three quarters. It's level. The scores are level at three-quarter time. And then St Kilda do not score in the final term. And Melbourne pile on 41 points in one quarter. That would not be accepted at all. Heads would roll. People would get sacked. Probably not get sacked, but... You know, the, the backlash from the fans, from the media would be scathing and it'd be brutal. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hang shit on the girls because they're trying their best, some of them, most of them. Um, but they, they they need to be, you know, given a kick up the bum every now and then because they cannot think that, I'm sure they don't think this is okay. I'm sure they don't. They are very invested in this club, but... There needs to be more motivation coming from somewhere because there's really only a handful of the girls who are putting their hand up and delivering excellent football every week for the Saints. And it was the same few again this week. Tilly Lucas-Rod, probably been our best player across the first three rounds. Might be even with Vesely, but she has been absolutely brilliant. She's one of the few players in our team who, when she gets the ball, I have nothing to worry about. Whether she's rolling through the midfield or off halfback where she's been in the past, playing the dual role this year, she has been absolutely sensational. And like I said, when she gets the ball, I don't need to worry at all. I know she's going to use it well. She's not going to turn it over. I think she's excellent. The other two, one I mentioned, Olivia Vesely, probably been as good as as Tilly across the first three rounds, just playing in the midfield. She has really stepped up. Remember, she didn't play at all last year. She has really stepped up in the absence of Smith and Patrikios. She has been absolutely excellent. And as has Tani White. You know, with without the two girls I mentioned in, it was going to be a big 
power vacuum in our midfield. And both of those girls have stood up and been absolutely superb. Um, I voiced my concerns around our ruck situation last week. I think Leah Cutting's doing a perfectly serviceable job, but her best football is played around the ground. In the ruck contests, she isn't strong enough. She's got plenty of height, that's not an issue, but she's way too thin. She's getting pushed around by the bigger girls and it isn't working. She's really, really good. I like her on a wing. When she's running and carrying the ball, she's she's got a lot of pace for someone who's so tall. I'm very much liking it when she's getting the ball around the ground. But in the ruck contests, it's not working. Now, they dropped Greiser for this game, which I didn't have a problem with because she's been really poor the first couple of weeks. But an idea might be to bring her in as a number one ruckman. She doesn't have as much height as cutting or even what, I don't think, but she is very strong. She did a bit of ruck work uh, against Collingwood last week, I believe it was, and she did really well. So that might be an avenue to explore. Um, still, I'm just going to say again, getting rid of Poppy Kelly in the offseason was a bad move because she was the full ruck package. Um, but anyway, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I was I was wrapped with our effort for the first three quarters. We kept it low scoring. We were really good defensively. We were really good offensively. We moved the ball well, tackling well. Um, but just that last quarter, it totally fell to pieces, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. Couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, there was... They did this throughout the game, but it really started to cause issues in the last term. When we were kicking in, this is obviously a new tactic that they'd been practicing, but when we were doing the kick-in, whoever was doing it would play on, run into the pocket, and then handball just to a teammate standing there. Way too many times that resulted in a turnover goal. That is the absolute last place on the ground you want to be turning the ball over. The ball over. And they kept on doing it and doing it and doing it. And it didn't work once. It might have just snuck through a couple of times where a couple of extra handballs finally got the ball out of defensive 50. But so many times it would either result in a ball up or a turnover or a boundary throw in. And when you're kicking in, you don't want any of those things. You want to get it out of there as fast as possible. If you want to run into the pocket, that's fine. But kick the bloody thing out of there. Get it out of there. The, the, especially when you're at this, where the Saints are at now. You don't have the skills or the system to execute an idea like that. They did it every single time. And every after the second time, I was like, oh, bloody hell, here we go. And it's been turned over. And it's a ball up. Like, just it, unless you're really confident you're going to be able to get it to work, don't do that shit anymore. Definitely not against a really good team like Melbourne. Because they're just... And, and they, the Melbourne players started to expect it. And rightfully so. Because we kept doing it every bloody time. They knew it was going to happen, so they brought a couple of players in sort of near to the pocket so they could pounce on it when it happened. And that's exactly what happened. 
Oh, that was frustrating to watch. Bloody hell. Oh, very, 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 very frustrating to watch indeed. Uh, but yeah, as I said, we did a lot of things right. Just that, that last quarter was appalling, unacceptable football, and I don't want to see it again. Please, please. Um, Melbourne, very, very professional outfit. They were running at probably 60% capacity for the first three quarters and then they just decided to turn it up be like right time to win this game and they just went bang 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 six goals in a row see you later and it was pretty impressive honestly you know St Kilda were totally blown away totally intimidated had absolutely no answers and Melbourne did it with ease and they and they played a really good brand of football as well so they are going as well as any team in the comp right now they absolutely tore us to shreds alrighty what was next Richmond versus Fremantle Fremantle getting the job done by 30 points in the highest total scoring game ever in the AFLW league well done Richmond and Fremantle especially well done Richmond very much like Geelong been very very good for for a new team very, very good. You know, they, they beat St Kilda convincingly in round one. And then last week, they they only went down to Melbourne by 16 points. So you're yeah, very much like Geelong. They are being extremely competitive against the upper, you know, the higher ranked teams. You know, Fremantle have won this game by five goals, which is a really good win. But Richmond being able to score 47 points themselves is a credit to how they're going. They, their ball movement, um, the the skills that they've worked on in the off-season are really showing. You know, Monique Conti is having a brilliant year. Everyone knows this, but they're starting to really build a good team around her and Katie Brandon and, you know, um, the Hosking sisters. You know, they've, they've got a really good quality outfit that is developing there at Tigerland. So well done them. Um, like Geelong, they are going to bob up and win another game or two this year for sure. Um, Fremantle, probably the best team in it at the moment. It's really hard to tell between them and Melbourne. Um, but gee, yeah, they're, they're playing really, really well. They've got a really well-rounded outfit. There, there isn't a part of the, the ground or a part of their game that is weak. Being able to score 77 points... Um, is a really, really good effort. What do they kick? 11-11, I think it was. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's a powerful performance. So I think, uh, you know, just if I had to go off the numbers, you know, you would say that they are having a better year than Melbourne at the moment. They're having a better year than anyone at the moment. I don't know if they're on top because Adelaide's percentage is going to be pretty good, but I don't know. I think the way that Freo are going about it, they're probably the number one team in it at the moment. Now, I don't know if they're scheduled to play. So they've got Collingwood next week, which will be a challenge. Um, and Adelaide have Melbourne. That'll be a ripper. That'll be a great game. Um, I'm just looking ahead to see if there's any clash of the Titans coming up, if you will. Not really. Uh, round 7, no. Oh, Melbourne versus Brisbane in round 7 will be good. Round eight, we got Melbourne versus North Melbourne. That'll be good. Also, uh, round eight, 
Fremantle versus Adelaide. So hopefully that game goes ahead. Um, because, you know, just judging off how the season is going, those two could very well be one and two, and it could be a precursor to the grand final. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Frio are going red hot, and I wouldn't want to be playing them at any point this season, that is for sure. And then, final game of the round, um, what the Giants did here is probably almost as bad, if not worse, than what West Coast did. They took so long to get started. They didn't kick a single goal until almost the end of the third quarter. And by then, North were 50-something points in front. So... It's a really, really bad... You know, they were able to kick four goals in the last quarter and a bit, which is, you know, not awful. Um, And they kept North scoreless, I believe, in the last term. By the way, this game is GWS versus North Melbourne, if I didn't say that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they kept North scoreless in the last term, which is pretty good, GWS, but the rest of the game oh, oy, oh goodness me not good very 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 poor football they don't want to be doing that otherwise they'll be in the sin bin with the west coast because that you know the, the score line may indicate not a complete and total thrashing but this was a complete and total thrashing the you know north were so far ahead of what the giants were dishing up is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, you know, North are a really good team, um, but to be completely dominant, as in not letting the other team score for the best part of three quarters, very, very impressive. And these are the kind of wins that they want to be banking because, you know, come later in the season, there's going to be games against Fremantle or Melbourne or Brisbane or Carlton or Adelaide or one of these better teams, you know, that they're, you know, they're not going to win them all. So to have these good percentage boosting wins banked early is going to be very important. And, you know, it's good for their confidence, you know, because I think in the men's, in the men's and the women's leagues, North Melbourne gets forgotten a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but but not, not this time. No, they're doing quite well this year. Indeed. Um, but yeah, oh, gee. GWS, I don't know. They they got a lot of good players. They got Cora Staunton, who's a fucking legend. She's like 88 years old and the Irish woman. She still plays football. She's awesome. But yeah, they I don't know. They they don't seem to have anything going for them. They don't they're not like Richmond or Geelong who have really improved their game style and just need a little bit more practice to fine tune it. They're not like St Kilda who are missing, you know, two extremely important players and are suffering because of that. Not that I want to lay the blame at anyone's feet, Georgia Petrakios. Um, you know, they're just sort of they're just sort of nowhere, the Giants. Same with West Coast, just kind of nowhere. They don't seem to be getting worse or getting better. Um so it'll be interesting to see where the two of them end up sitting, because if I remember correctly, I say this a lot because I can't remember correctly very often. <laughs> if I remember correctly, they came into the competition at the same time. It was the two of them. They were the, the two new clubs that came in after the original eight, I believe. Um, so yeah, they got a little bit more experience than you know, Geelong and St Kilda and Richmond and Gold Coast. 
So they should be doing a little bit better. And they just, yeah, they just seem to be nowhere. And North beat them resoundly. Very, very dominant performance, that is for sure. And like I said last week, you know, for, for the teams that are traveling a lot under these COVID situations, it's going to start to take a toll. That should be understood by everybody. It's going to start to uh, exact a price on the people involved because it's not an easy thing to do. Travel around, play an elite sport with this bloody thing hanging over your head. You're always doing tests and keeping your mask on and you know yada, yada, yada. It'd be stressful. So, you know, maybe that is a factor to consider. Anyway, that is it for this round uh, of football. Pride round, obviously pride round, always done very, very well by the AFL or the AFLW in this case. So well done there. Um, well done to everyone who designed all the different pride jumpers. Um, obviously, West Coast did not take part, whether it's a financial thing or whether they just couldn't be bothered or whatever. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, and it seems to have really impacted psychologically their performance on the field, it seems. Um, but yes, no, a very, very well done round of football. And there'll be the other um, specialty rounds to come, I am sure. All right, thanks heaps for listening to that one, guys. Hope you're sticking with the women's footy and enjoying it as much as I am. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I am. Um, review, subscribe. Uh, follow, like, TikTok it. I don't have TikTok, but TikTok it anyway. Get it out there. Tell your friends. That'd be awesome. I'm going to try to continue to bring out the AFLW round reviews as they finish up. Uh, but with all these matches being moved around, there might be one round finishing up at you know a time that doesn't work for me or. You know, whatever, anything's possible. But I'm going to do my absolute best to, one, not get confused and, you know, review a round that's still got two matches left or something. I don't know. And two, keep up to date with everything that's going on to make sure I'm bringing the podcasts out at the right time and and all of that. It's, a, you know, everyone's got to be flexible nowadays. That is for sure. All right. Thanks heaps for listening, guys. I will catch you next time. Bye.